Welcome into the Atlanta Football Party. I'm Jarvis Davis. Coming up on today's show, Kirby Smart is already thinking about next year. This is Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it's time for the Atlanta Football Party. Only on Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into the Atlanta Football Party. You're home for the best Georgia Bulldogs football talk. It's local insight. You can't get anywhere else but right here at Locked On. I'm Tanitra Batiste, and alongside me are Jarvis Davis and Brian Gephardt. The Atlanta Football Party is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Well, first off, I want to start by saying Happy New Year to everybody. And I think you can say if you're a Georgia fan heading into 2024, it was positive and happy because you're on a winning note. If you're a Michigan fan or Washington fan, too, you're probably happy today as well. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. We'll go between the hedges on some of the dogs' moves since winning the Orange Bowl. And we'll talk about the showdown in H-Town next Monday. But first, we're going to talk top takes with Jarvis and with BG about what happened on Saturday in the Orange Bowl. My God, I don't really know what word can describe what we saw in that game. Drubbing, beat down, dragging took everything out that ever happened to you on that other team. All of the above is what I think we saw on Saturday with Georgia manhandling Florida State. And, of course, we know the caveat is from the Florida State side that, hey, a lot of their players opted out. A lot of their players had already started moving into the transfer portal. But it's not like Georgia didn't have any players who weren't you know, out of the game and not playing that had already announced or what have you. But the bottom line is Kirby Smart said pregame that – the dogs were going to play their style of football, their quality of football, play to their standard, and that's exactly what they did to get the 63-3 win. Another thing, J.D., that Coach Kirby said was something has to be done about players opting out and how that whole thing impacted that that game, maybe more so than any other game that we've seen throughout this bowl season. So did Kirby have a point as far as there being a need to maybe look at this opt-out situation? To be honest with you, unless they're willing to go down, continue to go down this rabbit hole of these guys being professional players and you talking about getting into unions and, hey, if you're telling me that, hey, I have to play this game or if I sign my name on this letter of intent, that means I have to play all exhibition games as well. That's when you start getting into like some more technical lawyers, representation and unions. If they want to keep this quote-unquote uh, fantasy world of student athlete, you know, they, they don't, they'll, they'll stay away from this. But I think that, I, I, I think that, and I'm, I'm not sure it can be replicated. And BG, you might be able to, you know, chime in on this too. Like Kirby, Kamari Lasseter, the, the conversation that he had with him leading up to that game, that was fascinating because Kirby was straight up with the guys. Hey man, you pretty much predicted to be at first uh, between the first and second round pick and it's your decision. It's your decision on what you want to do. And, you know, and I think that I think that's OK, because and Kamara Lasseter ended up started to um, um, deciding to play because he wanted to play with his teammates because of what Kirby Smart has done for him, because he understands what, what the situation is. And I really feel like we're in a space where Kirby Smart has set the model. 
If you, if you want to figure out how to get these guys to play, get these guys motivated and get these guys up because I wouldn't have, I would have been upset at anybody if they would have opted out of this game because we saw this game proved, I feel, that these guys belong in this college football playoff. And I think that when you're talking about being able to be in a space where, you know, uh, you're trying to stop these guys from opting out. I just don't feel like you don't want to go down that road. And, and I think that you got to be able to straight up with these guys. And if they decide to opt out, you got to be prepared to, to fill in, fill in the gaps. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I, I don't know how he does it. Like, I mean, and I hate to be that person like, Oh, I would have done this. or I would have done that. It's, it's impossible to put yourself in some, some individual shoes. Everybody makes their own choices in this life. But like, if I was Kamari Lasseter, I would have been playing in that game. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a first-round corner. I mean, I, I'm in that spot. Van Pran, I've done everything I can and then some. I, I don't really need to be in that game either so much, especially once you found out FSU's, you know, their front seven, they were missing five out of their front seven guys and only one starting defensive lineman's playing in this game. There's not really a whole lot that you can put on tape in addition to what you've already done. So it's pretty amazing that all these guys – uh, we're able to to do it. And, and Tanitra, you were, we were trying to come up with maybe one word to do it. And I, I think it was commitment. I mean, Kirby yes. preaches about it all the time. And it's like, all right, let's close this thing out. It's mm-hmm. 50 wins for the seniors. He always finds yes. three, four, five selling points that you can get to. Yes. Hey, don't you want to end on a high note? Don't you want to do this for your teammates? Don't you want to? But he still leaves it up to the to the individual. But I was mm-hmm. shocked at the amount of players played that, that wound up playing in this game. Like, it was just fascinating to me that he was able to get – all these guys out there. So uh, it's really impressive because I thought you look at last year, um, you know, with Bryce Young and Will Anderson, I was shocked that they wound up playing in their game. And I think that's the last time we'll ever see like top five guys like that do it. But you look at the coaches that are able to make this happen. It's, it's the best salesman in the sports, right? It's, it's Nick Saban. It's Kirby smart. And uh, Mm -hmm. it's really impressive that he got all these guys to play. Yeah. And one thing that I think is important as well, they didn't just play, but they excelled. They really played at the level that you have. We come to expect this entire season. I think that, yeah, there is a big part of that is pride in a positive way saying, hey, we want to do two things. Number one, we want to show you that. Yeah, when all is said and done, we may not walk away with the trophy, but everybody knows we're the best team in the country, and we're just going to use this opportunity to remind you, and we're going to do it in a way that the dogs always do. It's not about who's on the other side of that line. We don't care who's on the other side of the line of scrimmage. Here's what we're going to do in the trenches. Here's what we're going, going to do on offense, on defense, on special teams, at every position, and for every play, every down, until Kirby Smart says, hey, time to take your – it's the curtain call, time, time to take a bow – we're going to play to that highest level. And as I always think, too, it's a great opportunity for the recruiting. I always say, here's a, here's also how Kirby Smart wins recruiting. Because look at what he can show to players who are coming in. And look how many players that he had who are early enrollees, who are right there, you know, ready to practice, ready to get it going. So it's just this really positive, well-oiled machine that I think just – kind of defies logic, except that we know the logic behind it is that Kirby Smart is always thinking about each and every aspect of how he coaches, how he motivates, how he inspires. And that's why we're able to see what we saw from Georgia versus, unfortunately, what we saw for uh, Norvell and Florida State. Now, speaking of that, you know, BG, I, I definitely do believe that it was also maybe not stated that way, but on some level, it was an opportunity to make a statement and kind of 
look at the college football playoff committee and say, yeah, kick rocks, because in this situation, we know we should have been there. But did Georgia not just beating Florida State, but beating them so decisively, did that really say, hey, we just want to let you know that we actually belong there? But some people might say it also was a show to say that Florida State really did it. Yeah, it was one of those situations, too, in the way that these games played out. And I know we're going to break them down, the ones that we had yesterday's in the semis. Like, we wound up having good games, but Alabama didn't play well. Texas didn't play well. Yes, it was close, and they wound up they wound up being these one-possession games, and, and we got mm-hmm. down to the nitty-gritty of it, but they they didn't really perform in that in that manner. So I think that will be a selling point for Kirby. But it's just it's kind of strange now because we are moving from four to 12, right? So it's like, yeah. what are you going to do with this sales pitch now? You know, it's like, right, this, right. Is, this is pocketed for something that the, the person's already bought the car. It's already off the lot. We can't, you know, we can't bring it back, so to speak. Um, I think if anything, maybe what it does for next year is with that crazy schedule they have, if they do lose two of those three on the road, those big road games they've got with Bama and Old Miss, who's going to be a problem and Texas. So say mm-hmm. they do lose two and for whatever reason they might be, uh, it's it's between Georgia and Penn State maybe for the 12 spot. I don't yes. think the committee's ever going to let him out while while Kirby's there and and doing right. what he's doing. So um, you know, I think it was really beneficial f- from that standpoint. Yeah, and that's what I meant too, BG. Like for going back to our first question and kind of debating that part for Kirby, he's always looking at all angles. And he's not just looking at the angles for today. It's always the angles for next week, next month, next year. And he knows full well that yes, 12 the 12 playoff game uh, format is finally coming to fruition, but he also knows that he's got some wicked, difficult games on the road, having to go and play at Ole Miss, having to go play at Alabama, and give me the third one I'm missing. He's got the third one that, where he has to go on the road to uh, it, Texas. Texas, yep. Mm-hmm. You've got three yep. road games that put, potentially, I mean, I don't think they're going to lose all three, by the way, but there's a, a legit chance they could lose two. And this this starts to build a case for you next year to say, if you do lose those two games, it's all good because we showed you, you let us in. We're still going to make sure that, you know, we were worthy to get it wherever get it is. Yeah, I I think that. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> like Kirby is he's very strategic with in yeah. his comments like it, it, you got to really and we when you think about like what he said and, and how you know he's talking about uh, telling the story of Kamara Lasseter he was talking about how something has to be done and, and yeah. when you actually think about it something is going to be done you're going to get 12 twin playoff and, right. and guess what the conference champion is pretty much got an automatic bid right so you got to figure out and be able to fill seven more spots mm-hmm. so you know well the Pac-12 going away I don't know. You know yeah, so you know, you everybody, you know, the conference champion going to get in. So that argument is out the way, right? Mm-hmm. So Florida State ain't going to have anything to complain about uh, there. So I think that the this spot where we're going to have to get out of the idea of one or two losses is going to is going to eliminate you, and I think that's going to open up an opportunity. So this may be the fix, right? Because you don't, I don't see, I don't see guys who are, have opportunity to go to the NFL opting out playoff games. Now, if we if we see that next year out of those twelve teams, guys say, "Hey, I'm going to the league. I don't care nothing about this." Yeah. Now you may have an issue because you know there's money involved. There's there's a uh, TV deals, and hey, we want to see the best players on the field. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I think that as long as though you don't have anybody from that tw- though, out of those twelve teams opt out, and then the other bowl games is just gonna, they're going to have to figure out. Whether or not the sponsors are gonna is gonna be worth their time, worth their time and money, because it's cool. Those those bowl games are cool, but mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, this is the route that they chose. 
Yeah. yeah, you open up the the, the 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 you open up that 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 rabbit hole by hey NILs got letting you guys get this money and hey they're gonna be able to get uh capitalize off their name image name image and likeness excuse me and now everybody going for the money then you got these teams jumping from different conferences so I think right now this is if 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 we can keep it to where a point where these guys aren't opt out of these playoff games I really feel like this issue is probably going to go away. But I, like Kirby, Kirby Smart said, it, I, it is very strategic that he brought that up. <laughs> he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah, he said the table in case this becomes an issue again. We're going to talk more about this when we come back. We will go between the hedges. Guys, listen up. Jarvis Davis here for FanDuel. This episode of the Atlanta Football Party is brought to you by FanDuel.com. Um, the NFL season is wrapping up, guys. I'm telling you. But there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. I'm telling you. I don't know what you've been doing because we've been talking about it. Tanitra's been talking about it. My guy Brian been talking about FanDuel and getting in on the action on the Locked On Bulldogs postcast. Check that out, by the way. I'm telling you guys, some good stuff going on right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. You're going to get, guess what? They got for new customers, you're going to get 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. All you got to do is when you place a $5 bet, you place a $5 bet and you're going to get 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super safe. It's easy to use. There are so many different ways to bet, like, like, five, like same game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the parlay hub, the best way to find popular parlays and much, much more, guys. So here's what I want you to do. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is the official sports book betting partner of the NFL. All right, guys, we know what happened on Saturday. A bludgeoning, a beatdown, any way you call it, it was just Georgia won. <laughs> Georgia won. But after that performance against Florida State in the Orange Bowl on Saturday, the announcement started to come in and a roll in Sunday. Javon Buller, Kamari Lasseter, as we talked about in the last segment, Amari's Mims, Marcus Rosemi, Jack Saint, and Tyke Smith are all headed to the NFL. We found that out uh, on Sunday. And then New Year's Day, we found out that Lab McConkey had declared for the draft. Kendall Milton and Dejon Edwards penned some really good, some really cool, good dog goodbye letters to Dog Nation. So, Brian, I was wondering when you think about that list and how it's built out so far. And of course, we know we have our eyes on if any others are coming down the pipeline. But so far from that list, any of those departures or declares for the NFL is shocked to you? No, nothing surprised me. I thought Ladd was maybe a 50-50 kind of a situation. Just given the situation that he had this year with the injuries, yeah. uh, the back and some of the lower body injuries that he wound up having. But that wasn't a surprise to me. And also, it's one of those you can kind of spin that one way or another, right? Oh, should he come back and bounce back from the year that he just had because he was injured or mm -hmm. because the injuries are piled up? Go get your money right now. And, and yes. you've already won the two national titles. You've already been on campus for four years. Um, the only other person who I thought maybe there was like a 20 percent chance he was staying, although I thought he may be going, was Javon Bullard. Uh, mm -hmm. just just based on maybe coming back and really being the guy one more year and and kind of running that whole defense uh, along with CJ Allen who was the freshman who was calling uh, the defense in that Orange Bowl game but uh, mm -hmm. lad so lad it wasn't a surprise but he was the only one I was like maybe as a fan like come on back we you need that playmaker one more year <laughs> uh, so but he was the only one that I was like 
kind of holding out to see, okay, what does he wind up doing? But um, everybody else, no, didn't, didn't surprise me at all who wound up declaring so far. So, Jarvis, do you expect to see any other dogs part ways for the NFL draft or maybe low-key possibly the transfer portal? Wow, that, that's a good question. I, I think that, you know, right now, given all the guys that, you know, just listed, you know, I think that we're kind of waiting for word. I haven't seen anything. Uh, Brian and I were talking about this before the show. Uh, Tate Ratlich, we yeah, haven't yeah. seen anything as far as confirmation or as whether or not he be go, he he will go. And mm-hmm. I'm more than likely probably will. And 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 the, the, the cool thing about that, if he does leave, like to have guys ready to ro- roll in. You know, you got Dylan Fairchild and Michael Morris, guys who kind of swap swapping out or, or subbing out with each other. You know, a rotation rotating out with each other this year. And and I think that those guys got a lot of good experience so you're sure Dylan Fairchild will be able to step in at the right guard spot if he does leave but I think that that Lad McConkey one is kind of interesting because mm-hmm. I feel like <laughs> you know you know of course there's a little humor here but I really feel like that play that at screen that busted screen play that he ended up taking to the house that probably sealed the deal for him. It's like, oh, okay, I, I'm a legitimate yeah. guy. Like, because yeah, yeah. like those injuries, those injuries, yeah, it's hard to ignore those. But just to show you what he's capable of when he's fully healthy, mm-hmm. man, I, I, I love the fact that he he actually went out there and played because yeah. I was sitting there before the game. I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if he opted out because, like you said, all the injuries he's dealt with and, you know, and just given what he's been able to bring to the table because, you know, mm-hmm. three-star guy, not really that highly recruited. I think uh, Vanderbilt was the only other SEC school that recruited him or offered him or whatever. So I think when you have that type of situation and what he's been able to accomplish since he's been at Georgia and then that play just kind of embodying what he's been able to do since he's been at Georgia. And I think that mm-hmm. NFL scouts probably looked at it like, okay, I'm sure, you know, <laughs> you know, there'll be some guys that want the, uh, the plucky, the plucky white guy that, you know, that can make some plays for him. I, I, you can just insert him right into that uh, slot um, on the next level. Yeah. And I think too, that, that was where my thought was, if you had any, question about his ability and about where he was as far as his health goes. He should have gone right out of the door on that play. But also the decision making, just like that's that was a quick titch, quick twitch decision that he made. And so it's really for me, I was looking at it like, whoa, that should have been impressive, both from his physical, from the physicality, but also from the mental. Like you had to really be thinking heads up play to be able to do that. So yeah, I think to me that was the mic drop. Like there's yep. really no more that he needed to do. Right. You don't have to play anymore. Right. Kirby was like, oh, yeah, you're good. You're good. Sit down. <laughs> We're good. Everybody good here. So, yeah, I thought uh, he he definitely, like you said, was one who may have been 50-50, but that might have tilted it in, in the other direction. Now, you look at some of those departures that we talked about for the draft. We know that there were uh, nearly – there were around 20 and, and counting, potentially, uh, for Georgia who, who left through the transfer portal once it opened up a couple of weeks ago. And we talked about where we thought there may be some holes that need to be filled. So kind of wanted to revisit that now that we're on the other side of the season, essentially, for, for Georgia, as far as do we think that there are any big holes that are being left or what are maybe the biggest holes that are being left with those departures that obviously a few weeks ago went through the transfer portal. But now we we know more about who is headed to, to the draft, where the, the holes. Um, I, I think for me, the holes, and it's just a matter of can they be filled right away sort of a situation. Yep. Uh, DB, I mean, with, with Bullard leaving and Lasseter mm-hmm. leaving, 
And yeah. I'm, I, it's so weird because maybe I'm just programmed by listening to Kirby and following this team so much where, you know, he's a DB coach himself and like has his hands on that a little bit where I think they're going to be fine. But lo- losing two guys with that much experience yeah. who, have, yeah. who were there for both national titles. I mean, now this is this is Malachi Stark's uh, DB group now that that that's his room. But and you bring in a guy like uh, KJ Bolden, who, who wound up yeah. uh, being a flip, uh, a late flip. And they've got one of the top corners in the country coming in as well it's like can they plug and play that right away again with some of those tough matchups that they have going on and I, and I don't think there will be an issue there and then the other spot um, and I think that's being filled from both recruiting and the transfer portal is running back now that Kendall Milton and, and Dejan yeah. Edwards both declared for the draft it's like okay can ETN just come in and be that guy I know we spent some time talking about Roderick Robinson uh, after the, the postcast uh, a couple days ago, Tanitra, and he looks like he could be maybe your kind of closer, second-half guy. He looked really big, really physical, 240. He's going to have to get a little bit more boost. He'll probably drop a couple pounds going yeah, into next season. Yeah, he's looking a little chunk out there. Yeah, he, yeah he's looking, looking a little slow. Looking, like he can wear somebody down a little bit. So yeah. those are two spots where I think, okay, it's not necessarily um, I'm worried about, but how quickly can those other guys get up to speed and play at that level that this last group just did. I, I, and that's to kind of follow up on the whole running back piece, uh, BG. I really feel like Trevor Etienne was huge because coming yeah. into this season, right, you know, with Kendall Milton dealing with the injuries and Dejon Edwards, we didn't really know who that lead back or, or lead guy was going to be or who's mm-hmm. going to be able to step into that role right away. And it kind of took a little while for it to kind of, you know, for it to kind of come to fruition. And we end up seeing that, hey, Kendall Milton, once he got healthy, he was the lead guy for sure, like hands yeah. down. So I think that with Trevor Etienne coming in, I, I think we pretty much know, like, this is the guy, you know, he's going to be that guy to to start off things. And, and then I think Carson Beck deciding to come back, that is the big key because we know you had questions at running back. We had questions at quarterback. We didn't know what Carson Beck was going to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, are they going to go to the transfer portal? So, like, yeah. I feel like in today's game of college football, like not having questions at that quarterback spot is so important, even more important now because guys are have are so fluid when you know when when it comes to just going between schools and stuff like that. So I think that Trevor Etienne piece is really big, and then having your quarterback along with that, I really feel like you know Georgia offense should cook like from from day one um next season. Yeah, and I think another piece that is going to kind of potentially help them, and we talked about this the gauntlet of a schedule that they have where they're going to be at Ole Miss and going to be at Alabama and going to be at Texas. But the good thing is you got three games and a bye to kind of get yourself ready to rock and roll. So maybe some of those guys who don't have that experience coming right in because maybe they are, you know, the freshmen that they're darn good, but they just legit don't have the college experience yet. Well, I still think Georgia would be better than Clemson, and I think that'll be fine with them. They'll have a Tennessee Tech cupcake type of game, and I think they'll do just fine at Kentucky. Then they've got to buy to get themselves together before they go into Brian Denny and have you know that that key game to play against Alabama. And then, of course, got a couple of weeks there as well before they have to go to Texas to take on the Longhorns. So they'll be just fine. Uh, I think that one of the things as well that we'll say before we wrap up is – unlike what we saw with Florida State. I mean, I think Florida State showed you what it looks like when you have top-level recruiting all squared away. Georgia showed you what it looks like when you have depth. 
And I think mm. that's one of the things that's always been the signature of that program that will be a pleasant surprise to Dog Nation to begin that 2024 season, regardless of what that schedule might look like. So we're going to talk about what's next for Georgia, what's next on next Monday. But before we go there, we've got a little something else to talk to you about. Listen up, guys. Jarvis Davis here. All right. So and I've been trying to figure out how we can do this thing. What's up, Jarvis? This subtext thing. I need y'all to get involved. I want to I want to be able to talk to y'all on, on a personal basis. Join subtext.com slash locked on sports Atlanta. If you couldn't didn't get did not get that, join subtext.com slash locked on sports Atlanta. If you didn't get it that time, it's in the description. Or whether you're listening to it on the audio or watching us on YouTube, it's right there in the description box. All you gotta do is pound that link. And here's what you're gonna get. You're gonna get a free two-week trial. If you like it, I'm telling you, you're going to be able to get news and updates, breaking news, rumors, all that stuff right directly to your phone. And it's going to be a free two-week trial. It's going to be $4.99 a month. All you got to do is pay the $4.99 a month, and you can rock with me as an everydayer. As an everydayer, as a subtext, join the subtext, everyday insider, Locked On Sports Atlanta insider, and you can become part of one today. Right, the stage is finally set for the college football championship after number one Michigan beat number four Alabama 27 to 20 in overtime last night. And of course, number two Washington outlasted number three Texas in that 37 31 shootout. The stage is set for the first time since 2019. We're going to see the number one and number two programs actually make an appearance in the title game, at least in this college football playoff era, right? So does this mean the college football playoff committee actually got it right, Jarvis, with the number one? Facing off against number two, or or did you low-key still say to yourself, well, if Georgia would have gotten into the playoff, this would happen, or that would have happened? You know what, T? Like, to be honest with you, I have to say, watching what Georgia was able to do, and it's hard for me not to say that they would have been the favorite if they would have got in. But there's no, like, anybody that watched that game and said, Oh, you know what? Yeah, Alabama deserved to get in over there. I'm like, I don't know about that because just the way Kirby was able to, like the conversation we had earlier about getting guys to come in to 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 buy in to be committed all the way through the end of the season, even when they have essentially nothing to play for. So for him to get those guys prepared and play the style that they wanted to play with, you know, as Kirby uh, uh, always talks about, I think it was just. It's just hard for me not to say they would have went in there. Even if they would have played Alabama again, T, I really feel like they would have beat them. They would have beat them because Jalen Miro got exposed a little bit against Michigan because Michigan has been playing excellent defense all year, and I think people need to give more credit to them than actually um, Jalen Miro's play. But I really feel like, you know, there is a, there's a development piece that Miro has to go through in order to get to the type of quarterback that he wants to be. So it was just hard not looking at those games saying, man, these cats could have been going for number three in a row next week. <laughs> yeah, that was tough for me too because I, I'll agree with you on that one. It felt like, wow, Jalen Milro, not to say – it felt like the, the Alabama offense – became one-dimensional much faster than I believe Georgia's offense would have become one-dimensional. I just think Michigan would have had a more difficult time. And it goes back to what you were saying in our second segment, Jarvis, like the running back room, the running back room for Georgia to me, it's to me, it was like night and day. 
Georgia's running back room versus Alabama's running back room. So automatically right. that would have given you that. I still would say if I put the wide receiver room, and, and that includes the tight ends, by the way. So I guess just right. the pass catching room for Georgia and the pass catching room like for Alabama, I was thinking to myself, man, there are so many places where I just think Kirby would have had a few more dimensions to be able to utilize against Michigan once they shut down whatever part they shut down, right? Whatever it is, I just feel like there could have been a shift there. And yeah, Jarvis, it reminded me of that time when Georgia had the opportunity to basically avenge itself, like, yeah, 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 we lost to you that one time. You ain't doing it again. And I was like, darn, I know it's a lot of if only, what if, boy, this would have happened. But I, I have to agree with you. I feel like if that would have been Georgia in that particular space, in that number four slot, even if you would have wanted to bump them all the way down to four from one, I do believe we'd be having a different conversation on this show today. Yeah, I think it's one of those things, too, where, you know, in that SEC championship, Brock Bowers and Lad McConkey both weren't at 100%. And I think that month off yep. would have been mm -hmm. just a completely different ball game. Obviously, Mims yep. would have played as well. You know, you would have had a Schmale Munden out there, too, who he was yep. banged up. And he's already said he's coming back next year, too. So that's not a that's not a worry or a concern. So I think that was such a, a big part of it. And then you just look at all four of the teams. And even though we wound up with two good games because they were close, uh, Washington was the only one who brought their A game yesterday. I mean, in terms yeah. of just execution and doing what they needed to do, even though they didn't run the ball great, but they needed, they did everything they needed to do. And there was all these little mistakes that I don't think Georgia would have really made. I mean, I'm not saying they're, they were a mistake-free football team or anything like that, but um, uh, you know, given the month of preparation and, and being in there and um, having a healthy Bowers and a healthy lad, I, I do think they would have beat, any of those teams that that wound up playing yesterday, maybe, maybe outside of Washington, who who really brought it. I mean, they they played a, a really good football game. Did everything they could to try to give it away there yeah. at the end, but right. uh, <laughs> they uh, they they played really well. So it was frustrating to see that. And then the thing that was weird too with Bama in that game, and I think that Georgia would have been a little better at. They just didn't really seem to adjust throughout the game, and that's something yeah. that Saban's been really good at in years mm -hmm. past. And I don't know if it was just they didn't have it; it was taken away. But it didn't feel like they really changed up anything they just continued yeah. to kind of go to milrow and all right let's just see if we can make it let's see if we can make one more play than they can make uh and mm -hmm. unfortunately for them it didn't wind up happening yeah and that's why i said i think that if you were to stack those two in particular on the offensive side of the ball the running back room and the pass capture room it would have been different because i agree with you brian like everybody in the building knew that he was going to go to Jalen milrow on that final play in overtime and i felt like it's Nick Saban. So if he could have gone in a different direction, he would have. That tells you all you need to know about what it is that Georgia could have done in that situation because of the guns that they would have had, healthy guns, a month later versus what they actually had in that SEC title game. Now, guys, as much as I don't even like to talk about this, it's kind of like we have to talk about it because, hey, the college football playoff championship game is set no matter you know, who you wanted to see or who you thought would get there. It's number one, Michigan. It's number two, Washington. Jarvis, who walks away with the title next Monday? Wow. Oh, my gosh. I was like, I, I, I can't deny what I what I saw in Michael Penix because I think he put on the absolute showcase. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I should be considered for, hey, the number one quarterback in this draft. You know, and just the accuracy, just the poise in the pocket to be able to be mobile within the pocket, you know, and eyes downfield and, and, and making sure, you know, he, he's making the right throw. 
it's and I and I really don't trust JJ McCarthy. So you know what? Yeah. Every time I doubt you dub, every time I doubted them against Oregon the first time, and I didn't doubt them the second time, you know, they proved me wrong. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going you dub. I'm going Michael Penis Jr. I, I think that that I think he's gonna be able to get it done. He's gonna prove that, hey, maybe I should have been considered for the Heisman Trophy. Mm. Yeah. How about you, BG? Where are you going? I'm right there with you. I've only doubted you dub once. It was the other day when Tanitra was asking my, for my predictions, and I thought Texas was gonna be able to pull this off. I those games against Oregon, all the other games of the year, I rolled with them. I've been a Penix fan for years. I know all the chatters now, him to the Falcons, and that's a set. Check that out on ATL Day Ones, you know, to check that one out on the on the <laughs> breakdown there. But he's the best player. He's going to be the best player in this championship game on Monday night. Michael Penix is, and typically when you get to this on, on two teams that are pretty evenly matched, and mm-hmm. I I saw the other thing too. I saw from uh, Washington was. They won in the trenches, uh, on, on really on, on both sides yeah. for the majority of the football game, and that's what really impressed me and stood out. And that's something that sticks out from Michigan. But if that's as even as I think it's going to be, mm-hmm. give me the best player in the game in Penix and that receiving core from Washington to get this job done. And they're underdogs again; they've been doing it all year, yeah. and I think they find a way on Monday night. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I'm going to go ahead and throw that in because hey, who would go against the fighting Andy Bunkers? Not this chick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and obviously, and one more thing: whenever your quarterback can play an utterly brilliant game, but your defense makes a key stop, Elijah Jackson was like, "Not today." You got me one time, which didn't get me again. That should be all the motivation to show, hey, we can play a well-rounded game and we can get this done. So, hopefully, when you guys come back next week, we'll be talking a little bit about a Huskies win in the national championship but don't forget of course tomorrow night to stop by for the hawks postcast we always appreciate you guys stopping by the atlanta football party your home for the best bulldog football talk and be sure to like and subscribe to our youtube channel we'll see you next time welcome into the atlanta football party i'm jarvis davis coming up on today's show kirby smart is already thinking about next year